Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Thursday. Packers had their uh, up-tempo practice today, a little bit more than just a jog-through. A um, few notes coming out of this practice. Unfortunately, Josiah DeGuara has been added to the injury report as a non-participant. He has a calf injury. The fact that he did not participate at all is not a good sign. Um, hopefully, we'll get more about this uh, tomorrow whenever we hear from Matt, although maybe there's an uh, intrepid reporter or two out there who gets some kind of story, but including, uh, speaking of stories, Mike Clemens um, posting a little bit ago, I want to say about a little half hour ago, that apparently in addition to DeGuara, it wasn't DeGuara, um, a practice squad player suffered some kind of serious leg injury that required EMTs and uh, a uh, ambulance ride to the hospital. No word yet on who it is, but apparently a member of the practice squad um, suffered some kind of pretty serious leg injury. Um, as soon as, obviously, we know who it is or what's going on, we'll post about it at Cheesehead TV. So a bit of a rough one there for the old green and gold, uh, taking it outside. It's a colder day in Green Bay, Wisconsin, but it's going to be really cold on Sunday night when the Packers welcome in the Detroit Lions. And I'd say what, any talk about pushing back week 18 certainly has disappeared over the last 24 hours. Um Great news on Hamlin there in the Cincinnati hospital. Uh, the first thing he, one of the very first things he communicated to doctors was, was asking via writing who won the game. And these guys are just wired in, man. <laughs> Wins and losses, baby. Uh, just great progress being shown there uh, by the Bills safety. Um, just obviously, as we've said all week, hoping for the best for the young man. Uh, hope he uh, gets out of this without too much damage long-term. Obviously, it's going to be a long road back, but really encouraging signs coming out today. Hello to everybody in the comments section. So good to see you all. Of course, always good to see TKM at his post. What's up, sir? Hope you're doing well. Charlie says it's time to tame the lions. Well done. Well done, sir. Well done indeed. Tony, what's up? Uh, Brian, once we beat the kitty cats, who do you want, cousins or Purdy? <laughs> Well, it's it's. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the 49ers. I know there's a lot out there right now because of what the league is trying to decide as far as seeding for the playoffs and possibly adding an eighth team due to the fact that the Bills and Bengals game won't be made up. But I feel pretty confident that if they end up beating the Lions, they'll most likely have to face the 49ers, which, hey, look, that's going to be a tough ask. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That is going to be a tough, tough game on the road. The LaFleur's teams have not fared well in the state of California. And then you throw in, um, there's a really tough physical football team. Packers got to bring their A game. But first, they got to beat the Lions. And that is no easy task because that's also a pretty physical football team. Cheeto, thanks to the Super Chat. Is the FBI investigating Lambeau's wet field yet? Um, I hear the investigation is ongoing, driven mainly by whiny-ass Vikings fans. But yes, it is most definitely... Uh, in the fold. Uh, Brandon, thanks for the Super Chat. Outside of Watson, what rookie has had the best season so far? Oh, it's got to be Zach Tom, isn't it? I mean, how could it be anybody else? In fact, outside of Watson, I mean, the best rookie. Don't You don't need a caveat. It's Zach Tom. I mean, Watson was electric, no doubt about it. Absolutely burst on the scene. Has been phenomenal. But overall, you got to give it to Zach Tom. Zach Tom Bombadil has answered the call every single time. The, his poorest performance was week one when he was thrown in at left guard 
against the Vikings. But since that moment, he has been pretty damn great across the board every time he's been thrown out there. Uh, and oftentimes at the last minute, like the morning of the game, they've told him, oh, hey, by the way, you got to go play left tackle. Kid's been good. Who is my MVP of the season? You know what? I'm I might go with Zach Tom. Um, I don't know. I saw I saw Andy had uh, nominated or put forth, if if you will, Keyshawn Nixon, and that's a pretty damn good, pretty damn good choice, I would say, given what he's meant to them since taking over on returns. But you know, I probably will go with Zach Tom. Actually, I don't know. I'm mean, probably not most valuable. I mean, his best rookie is probably fair but most valuable is tough you know because you don't want to say Aaron Rodgers because he's had a down year by his standard but the quarterback position inherently is so valuable and Aaron for all the frustrations and the fact that he's thrown more picks than usual and everything you want to talk about he's still pretty damn good and still pretty damn valuable so I don't know it's hard to go away from Aaron Rodgers on this one just again, because of the nature of the position and at the level he plays it at. Like, look, we can get all frustrated with some of his play, some of the interceptions that are unusual for him. He was dealing with a broken thumb for a long stretch of this season. But make no mistake, I mean, he's still playing at an insanely high level, comparative to his peers, to many of his peers. And, you know, could Jordan Love come in and operate the offense and move the ball and score some points? I have zero doubt. But Aaron's still seen it all, done it all, knows it all, and gets them in advantageous situations, knows everything he's looking at across the line of scrimmage, and still, he's still that dude. And look, more often than not, I have said, earlier in games, this kind of stretch that they've had, and he mentioned how the fourth quarter of the Bears game is where things have really started to turn for them, right? And since that time, yeah, they've been better, but the starts of games are still a little herky-jerky. Once he settles in, and hopefully it happens Sunday night, and just, you know, trusts what he sees and rises and fires rather than trying to maybe make the perfect pass or, I don't know, find the perfect read or whatever he's doing early in these games, once he settles down in that aspect, you better look out. And if that happens, the rest of the NFC is on notice because he's been really good once a couple drives have gone in and they've kind of settled into a groove and they find a groove. Like, he's been good. Don't get it twisted. But the openers, man, some of these sacks, these are, I talked about on transplants last night. I mean, the sack he took down in Miami on the second play of the game, the sack he took that resulted in a fumble early in the game against the Vikings. I mean, that's, that's garbage. He's got to knock that out. But once you settle in and once you get going, he's, he's lights out. It's just a question of like hitting the ground running, so to speak. And if he can do that again, NFC, you better look out. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, Johnny Rivers, what's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. I want Purdy Cousins, but don't reciprocate. <laughs> man, so many levels there, Johnny. So many levels. Um, somebody says Quay, voting for Quay. I love you. I love you, but uh, Quay has not been more impressive than Zach Tom. But Quay has been much better in the second half of the season than he was at the start of the season. Zero question about it. Uh, B. Andis. Thanks for the super chat. Is there a Cheesehead TV meetup before the game? Sadly, there is not. We had the deal with the Rush Center for the Plaza Pit Stop for the home games this year, 
all of them. Unfortunately, they failed to secure, uh, I, I guess, the um, permits necessary to have a heated tent outside of the rest center where the plaza pit stop is, which is where we were uh, selling carry the G. And so these last couple of home games, we have had to, uh, they have put the kibosh on that. So hopefully next year we'll get that ironed out and we will be there for all the home games. But for this year, no, we're done, unfortunately. Um, but next year, looking forward to it. And hopefully this off season we'll have a, we're definitely going to have some kind of meetup here in New York over the summer. Definitely going to be doing some kind of meetup in Indianapolis again for the combine. And we'll certainly have some kind of meetup uh, in the summer during training camp. So there'll be plenty of opportunities to hang out and drink some carry the drink. Because really, let's be honest, that's what we want to do. Uh, Brandon, thanks for Super Chat. Pretty clear, you shut down JJ, you beat the Vikings. What is the key for a win against the Lions? Last game, I would say, are turnovers. Oh, there are a lot of things here, Brandon. Um, I mean, yes, okay, shutting down JJ, you beat the, the Vikings. I think that's partly true, but I would also say, I think the big key is making Cousins um, make decisions earlier, get off the spot, or like get rid of the football. Because, look, he's a distributor, and when he has time and can distribute the ball without having to like kind of hurry up or make quick decisions, whatever, he's pretty damn good, and he's been putting up seriously good numbers. But the Packers, thanks somewhat in part, I mean, it's not going to lie, somewhat in part to the fact that they were down so many bodies up front, the Vikings were, the defensive line and the outside backers made life miserable for Cousins in this game. And I've talked about it many times this week. I mean, the difference between week one and week two, or I'm sorry, week game one and game two, is the fact that in that game in week one, there are at least five plays that you can point to, big, big plays, where Cousin gets hit or is being hit just as he releases the football that result in huge plays, where in this game, there are a number of times where he's either sacked or moved off his spot and or hit and not able to get the ball off and make a big play, which at points were available to him in the secondary. So that, to me, is the whole difference. Like, yes, shutting down J.J., a thousand percent Jair being physical with him at the line was a huge component. No question about it. And they played lots of different coverages to kind of help, you know, get that result. But to me, it's much more about this play up front. That is how you shut that offense down. You have to, because cousins is so good when he's in rhythm, you got to get him out of rhythm. Um, as for the lions, Man, I don't know. Like, yes, you want to say, look, the the Packers shot themselves in the foot repeatedly. And by the Packers, I mostly mean Aaron Rodgers shot himself and the Packers in the foot repeatedly in that game. I mean, they moved the ball up and down the field on that defense, as they should. It's not a very good defense, right? Um, but look, I tend to think we know that the Lions have a really good offense, right? Ben Johnson has done yeoman's work with that crew they they are imaginative they attack you a lot of different ways but my suspicion is in this game they are going to want to run the ball and they're going to want to run with power whether it's jamal williams or swift uh, obviously you can use swift in a little bit more of a kind of a darting fashion much more kind of zone stuff probably receptions out of the backfield etc maybe some delayed handoffs out of the gun but they're going to run i would suspect lots of power, lots of counters, and try to test the Packers. Because, look, the Packers shut Dalvin Cook down. I mean, what, three yards per carry? But they weren't really committed to the run. They were trying to throw the ball. 
if the Lions come in and try to run power and the Packers can't stop it, and by the way, they have not been very good against power runs. Um, it could be a long day, and that keeps the ball out of Rodgers' hands, keeps the ball off, you know, keeps that offense on the, off on the sideline, and you know, you limit Jared Goff needing to do a whole lot. And that's you know, not to say that Jared can't. He's been fucking amazing the second half of the season, but. Yeah, I think you're going to see a healthy dose of Jamal Williams, and I think they're going to try and take the air out of the game. So you got to make a, you got to make the most of your opportunities on offense. You got to be efficient with the football, um, and then two, I mean, hopefully Keyshawn Nixon can provide you with a opportunity or two by flipping field position, whether it's a punt return or a kick return. I don't expect another kick return for a touchdown, but something that gives your offense a short field, um, because I do think the opportunities are going to be limited just by the way Detroit most likely will approach this game. Juan, thanks for the super chat. Can we appreciate that this could be the last week of Packers football for some time? Just being realistic, but a hell of a season. Adversity is fun. <laughs> yeah, I, we, we were joking about that on transplants last night. I mean, yeah, no doubt about it. And it's always kind of sudden when it hits, right? It's always crazy when it's the season's over. Because, you know, oftentimes we've kind of gotten used to in Packerland. Don't forget, like, I don't know if, people remember in 2018 like we were heading towards a spot where it was like okay we're probably not gonna make the playoffs and then mike got fired and it was like the playoffs started and it felt so alien not to have the packers in the playoffs right like you know and i don't i joke about entitled town but like yeah we feel like the packers should always be in the playoffs right and you're right you're right juan there's a very very decent possibility that packers lose this game on sunday and it's all over I mean, it sucks, but here's the thing. Here's why it should be a party regardless, okay? Go in, last game of the year, literally the last game of the regular season for the entire league. It's the last time Lambeau Field is going to host a football game until next preseason. Let's go, baby. Let's go out. Let's go have a party, you know? Like, Packers got to go on the road if they do go to the playoffs, the entirety of the playoffs. So this is it for Lambeau for this season. So let's have it. Let's throw down, man. Let's have a kegger. Let's have a good time. That's my approach anyway. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time to have fun. Uh, Andrew, thanks for the super chat. 12 has a little four in him at the beginning of games. Andrew, I've been thinking that now for like a month. Like, I do wonder if he needs to take a decent hit. The problem is he's not taking hits because the O-line is so good. And the only time he's having to run around is because he's like holding the football. But yeah, man, very much remember Favre early in games, sailing balls like five feet over his receiver's heads. And then have, you know taking a hit and then basically settling into the game, or someone like Sap or somebody would like come up and get after him, and he would get kind of you know kind of dialed in, focused. Right? I don't know if Rogers needs to take a hit or what, but yes, I have had that kind of thought before, where it's like it's pretty similar in that regard. Just because, like, yeah, he's a little scatter shot at first, kind of uh, I don't know, looks like he's second guessing what he's seeing read wise, patting the football. And then you get into later of the game, and he's like, boom, rising fire, don't out. Like, he's just throwing. So, I don't know. I mean, hope, yeah. I mean, I agree. I think, yeah, early in the game, he's, he needs something to get him focused, locked in. William, thanks for the super chat. Was watching older Favre highlights. Rogers seems very similar at this age, home run or bust on occasions. It's what made both great but frustrating, too. Yeah, I mean, you get older, you know everything, right? You've seen it all. You know the game, and you know the opportunities. And look, it's not like Aaron's made bad reads in that regard. It's very, very rare that Aaron's thrown into double coverage or something or just chucking it up for Jesus in, you know, the sense of, oh, that guy's double covered, but I don't care. You know, Watson down there somewhere. Um, Most of these have been one-on-one opportunities. Right now, you know, they missed on a couple this past week, no doubt about it. But for the most part, Aaron's taken, I think, pretty good care of the football and not put it in harm's way unlike brett who would have definitely gone watson down there can you imagine brett playing with christian watson man he might have doubled the interception record just trying to chuck it up and let him go get it yeah i think at least aaron's been smart with the ball in that regard um johnny thanks again bud watching 12's bad sacks is worse knowing bakhtiari plays Get it? Get it? Bad sacks? Arthur, thanks to Super Chat. The season is like 2010 and 20, 2016 had a baby. Wow, Arthur. That's an image. Um, I, I agree with Aaron, too. What he said at his locker yesterday. You know, people talking about the 2016 run the table. I mean, this team is more talented than that team was. No doubt. I totally agree with him on that. Uh, 2010, eh, probably not so much, but 2016, definitely. TKM, thanks for the super chat. Hear me out. Always ready to hear you out, TKM. Trim part of Corey's fence to create a bar level. Sell, carry the G to the sidewalk. Confident there is a temp permit available. Pappies. (laughs) TKM, I am 100% sending that to Corey. That is so good. It'll never happen, but it's so good. I love this idea. Oz, what's up, man? How you doing? Do I think the trash talk by 23 got into JJ's head? One 
billion percent. No question about it. When you see the replay of him hitting the gritty and Justin Jefferson going, look, look, he's like tattling to the teacher, like begging for, and he said afterwards, that he thought it should have been a taunting penalty. So every time you're in the end zone doing the gritty, it's a taunting penalty. Is that what you're telling me? Jair, absolutely. Not only did Jair get in his head, he got in the head of every single human in that organization. And I, I love it. Like I said, I wish they could pay him again. I absolutely love it. Chris, thanks for the super chat. Agree with Aaron Rodgers. This year is more talent than 2016. I think they're a little bit better than with then Ladarius Gunter. He did step at step up at times, though. Poor. Yeah, I I did just talk about it, Chris. But I will also say, in defense of Ladarius Gunter, poor Ladarius Gunter. He's always going to be remembered as being really far behind Julio Jones on that crosser in the NFC Championship game, being put in a position he should never have been put into. And I'm not even throwing Dom under the bus here because it's like they were, you know, four car accidents and 12 plane crashes in at that point in the defensive secondary, you know, injury-wise. You got to do something. And every once in a while, you're going to have a call that the other team just happens to have the right call on and you're off to the races, right? But man, Ladarius Gunter played well in stretches during that season. You know, and everyone's lasting memory is of him in that game. And I hate that because he, for what he was, was pretty damn good. He was a good third or fourth corner, especially in press on the perimeter. He's a physical dude, right? But once you get off that jam and you have some legs, it's over. So, yeah, poor, poor Ladarius Gunter, man. I feel for that guy. Matt, thanks for the super chat. Who gets more touchdowns? 9, 13, 87, 33, or 28? You mean on Sunday? Oh, man. I'm going to go with 28. Let's get, let's get Dylan in the end zone. Joe, thanks for the super chat. I've seen Goff have really bad games when teams get pressure on him and carve teams up when they don't. I think that's the key. I mean, that's most quarterbacks, but I hear what you're saying. You definitely can't let him just stand back there and pick you apart. And that's what I was talking about earlier with Cousins. He's a great distributor of the football. Um, and when you make him have to make quick decisions and or get him off his initial read and have somebody kind of closing in on him, yeah, he's going to give you a few or it's not going to be as efficient. I don't think there's any question about that, especially if you can get it happening along the interior. Jeezy Baby, thanks for the Super Chat. Is Bakhtiari a top three offensive tackle for the Packers of all time? Of all time. Um, Man, I don't know. I have to go back and think about it. But off the top of my head, yes. Tackle, offensive tackle, yes. Now, offensive line, probably not. But offensive tackle, probably. Ed, thanks for the super chat. Lions have had a decent record at Lambeau, so there are some butterflies. But I'm looking forward to them am looking forward to them getting to the playoffs. I think you mean the Packers by them? I hope so, Ed. Um, yeah, no. Hey, man, the Lions are no joke. They play tough. You know, this is a tough football team. And look, regardless of what they've done in Lambeau in the past, this team in 2022-23 is a tough, disciplined, efficient football team. And they will make you pay for mistakes. Packers got to be sound with the football, got to be efficient on offense. And they cannot let Jared Goff just stand back there. No question about it. But beside all that, they got to stop the run. They got to stop p- 
power. They got to stop counter because I think they're going to see a lot of it. Gary, thanks for the super chat. Is a competitive NFC North division good for the Packers, particularly in regard to playoff conditioning with steel sharpening steel, or do you prefer a soft division with the Green Bay easily dominates? Oh, I'm always going to prefer that everyone's good just so that it feels that much better when you beat them. Like, look, how great is it to spend this week talking junk to Vikings fans after they talk so much shit all year because of their paper tiger record? You know, like, oh, yeah, you won all these games by one score. Like, you know, you're not that good. So, no, 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 no. I like have them be a good football team, at least, at least competitive. Like, when they're doormats, it's like, you know, the Bears, like, I love the Bear rivalry, but it's hard to get too pumped up about it because they've been bad for so long. Like, that's why I love the fact that the Lions have kind of started to turn it around a little bit, right? Let's get a little juice going there. Now, I much prefer that, the alternative. I remember we used to talk on transplants, Corey and I, with Greg Bedard. And he would always tease us because the fact that the Packers had dominated the division for so long because mostly their competition had been so poor. You know, and Greg would say, you know, in the at least in the AFC East, like you've had some great battles and uh, in the AFC in general, like you've had like the Ravens and the Steelers have had these epic fucking throwdowns, like sometimes in the playoffs and you've had these really high stakes games where with the Packers and the NFC North, it's been what, you know, you've had. The NFC Championship game in Chicago, that was awesome. It was amazing, but that so rarely happens. Big, huge game where both teams are really good. They've been few and far between in the NFC North, and I'd much prefer it if they, you know, if the stakes were higher when these teams met. Green, thanks for the Super Chat. Green is from Chilton, a.k.a. Chilltown. Will the Lions win the Super Bowl before the Vikings ever do? God, I hope so. That would be absolutely brilliant. William, thanks for the Super Chat. I feel like this game was a lot like Week 17 versus Denver in 03. Just was really odd scoring touchdowns in ways, and Favre would have been the first 30-30 QP. I was at that game. Uh, that was uh, among Green's 90, was it 98-yard run for a touchdown? Mark, when does watering the field start? It's a good question. I'll have to find out. Dustin, thank you for the super chat. Going to Lambo from Arizona for the game. Got an Airbnb on the Lambo neighborhood fence. Can't wait for this weekend. Packers by 10. Dustin, calling it. Packers by 10. I like it. Enjoy the cold, Dustin. A little colder than Arizona. Eric, thanks for the super chat. Appreciation post. Packers fans tend to respect opponents far more than opponents respect the Packers. I, I think for the most part, that's true. But I think, you know, it's like, what is Roger said last year, you know, there is a, there's a bit of respect there in certain quarters. Um, you know, because you're either playing at Lambeau field, which is historic and has so many great moments and is a beacon for the league or you're hosting the fucking green Bay Packers. And that means something. So yeah, I, I feel what you're saying, but at the same time, there's a reason the Packers are in this game in prime time. You know, people are interested. People watch. You know, look, like Roger said at his locker yesterday, look at the ratings on Christmas. The Packers are a draw, and there's a reason for that. All right, buddy, I'm going to have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor and hit like on this video. Subscribe to the channel. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go. Uh-huh.